Hello and welcome to the Bossit Podcast with Mark Edwards and Michael Humblet. This podcast is released every week and is an over-the-shoulder look of a frank and candid discussion between two experienced software executives, providing you with useful tips, techniques, and the latest concepts to help you grow your software business in the fast-paced digital age. So let's get into it. Here is Mark Edwards and Michael Humblet. Hello, Michael. How are you? Hey, Mark. I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, good. Yes. Um, tough week. Lots of work this week. Yeah, um, long but, week, long days. But yeah. that's, I like it. When it's when it's it's there's a lot of pressure, things go very fast, and it's like you're really achieving something. Absolutely. I, I was saying to somebody um, just during the week that when um, when I'm really busy and I'm working with lots of different clients and we've got our strategy sessions, it mentally it's very stimulating. <clears throat> Excuse me, and it's a bit like physical training. I find that a few weeks yeah. of that, I feel like my brain is working at a higher level. I think you, you just a tune-up. If I'm doing some of the more mundane work, it's like not going to the gym for a few weeks. And actually, it, you feel as, I feel as though I've lost a bit of sharpness. So it's but great. The other, thing, yeah, the other thing I sometimes have is when I talk the whole week and I'm, I'm adding value to businesses, I'm really helping to go through their processes, sometimes I really just want to make like a few slides just to have the effect that you physically made something. Don't you have that? Well, uh, making, making slide, as a different type of, of sort of like brain activity, like, a different type of task, do you mean? Yeah, no, like really producing something. Because if I talk the whole week, oh, it I sometimes see. feel like it's like something my mother is like, you're selling air. I'm not selling air. I'm actually helping a business. Sometimes I just want to make something <coughs> physical, you know. <laughs> it's like a product then. Oh, absolutely, yeah, and I think actually that was that was an issue that we had for many years in the M and A world. Is we provide a service, and we go in and we talk to them about it, and you know there are slides that back it up, and we try to break down that service. But I found a big difference when we created our framework. Yeah, um, there was something more tangible there that we could talk about, and clients sure. could see it, and it, and it was easier to understand. So. There's been a lot of creation around that, and the benefit has been it gives us a sort of a skeleton upon which to think about, and it provides it provides a map for our clients. It yeah. really does. It's, had, it's not just a marketing tool. I agree. I had uh, several customers actually in the same context telling me this week, Michael, I need a plan or something for the next quarter. And for me, it's obvious that they knew they need to do step X and then step Y, and I see it in my brain like, yeah, guys, you need to go there. And then they actually come back and say, Michael, could you please put something more on paper and make a plan? So I'm, I actually reverted back to the spokes wheel and, and, and adding some of that. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's something that's become more tangible to me and is this understanding. You've got to try and see things through your client's perspective and you've got to really understand their issues and you know we've had we've had really busy last few months I think it started off when we started doing the seminars for the first time ever but what yeah, that exactly. gave us that gave us greater yeah. contact with more people at the same time and that feedback is really it, it's so valuable you know they you, you always say with your product what we advise our clients is get to know your target market 
understand yeah. things from their perspective. Well, we, we're yeah. doing it ourselves now, and I, I sort of understand yeah, yeah, that yeah. point I, even more. I love this. Uh, let's let's uh, instead of just having an idea, let's just put a deadline and try it. I really, really, absolutely love it, and it's one of my biggest advices to any companies. Guys, don't keep thinking about it. Just try it. Put a deadline. Try it. It will go wrong the first two or three times. Don't worry about it. It's getting the rhythm. I absolutely agree. I mean, this podcast is, is a similar concept. Yes. I was going to say to you, exactly, that, that's, that's how this podcast came about. You know, We'd been talking about it, and I think then you said, let's just put a date in the diary and let's start it. How do you think it went last week? What, what was your feelings afterwards? I think the first time it's always looking a bit for how do you interact, how do you, what, what topics do you dig deeper, do you stay on the surface. So I, I kind of like it because I think we're seeing so many interesting customers and we actually never share this type of information. So I would be interested in listening to two guys talking about deep down problems they're facing with customers and how they would solve them potentially. So I think it was a, it was a good start. Of course, it needs some iterations to be spot on. Yeah, we, we, how did you feel? <clears throat> similar, actually. I, I ended up. I, I went away that weekend, and I uh, went into London, and um, I listened to it twice. I listened to it once on the journey there, and then once when I was in the hotel the following day, and uh, I just wanted to get a feel for it. And um, I wasn't sure how it would go initially. The objective was, I want people to get to know us, get to know us as individuals. And mm -hmm. I want us to be discussing some of the really interesting concepts and ideas that come up, real life, you know, things that are happening today. Because my, my biggest complaint about the, the Internet's a wonderful thing, but I think you get inundated with information. And I've, I speak to business owners who are hungry for information and they're wanting advice. And I think sometimes you can pick up the wrong information, especially in the world of M&A. You're probably exactly the same in sales. Yeah. And if yeah. they go off on the wrong track, it can waste a lot of time and, and, and effort. True. Anybody can, That's the problem. Anybody can publish now, and you don't know who's behind it. And I think this way, people do start to get a feel for you. I know I have when I've listened to podcasts. Tim Ferriss is one that I've listened to for a long time. I feel as though mm -hmm. I know the guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can predict almost what he's going to say after a while. Yes, 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 you can a bit. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I hope, I hopefully, we we we've. I think the the good thing about what we're doing is that we're basing it upon what's happened to us this week. What's been of interest that that will that will be interesting to software tech owners. What are the ideas? Exactly. What are the issues? What are the problems? We're not always got the solution, but we can empathise with them on the problem. And maybe the solution comes later. Maybe maybe we build up a big enough audience that they can come forward and we can create a community. Who knows where this can go, but let's, as you say, often the best way is just to start. And 80% is good enough quite often. Yeah. Okay. So you can um, kick off with uh, okay. your week. So what, what was the main, the biggest issue you've seen this week where you said, well, we well, need to talk about it? Well, the first thing I've got to clarify before we go any further is last week in the podcast, <laughs> when I started talking about these 1950s sales training films, yeah. I wasn't actually around in those days being trained because it made me sound like about 95. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> you, I think you are 95. No, <laughs> no I, I'm not even close to 95, and you know that. Come on. Come on, <laughs> I just listening to it back, it did make me chuckle. And I think I can... somebody who doesn't know me, they're going to think, how old is this guy? <laughs> I can still say I'm younger than half of 95. Yes, you can. 
Yeah, I can't quite say that. But no. um, <laughs> I'm young enough. I've still got a yeah. bit of spring in my so step, I'll put it that way. Saying, hey, old man, so... Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, interesting, because I've been working very closely with um, some clients this week, and as always, Monday I had a full-day workshop with myself and some of my colleagues working with the senior exec- executives within that business company. Um, actually, very profitable business. Um, got some very good software products and looking at ha- their history, how they'd progressed that business, how they'd got to where they were. Because when when we engage with a company, what we're looking to do is, uh, I hate what I call um, cookie, cu- cookie cu- uh, cutter consultancy. Yeah. which is that they've got these templates and they've got these steps and they take you step one, you know, whatever it is, step two, yeah. and it doesn't matter who it is. It's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's robotic. And we don't yeah. do that. And I think we've got the ability to be able to provide something different here because the key thing, you know, with everybody within this business is that we have actually worked and operated in this sector. We've managed sectors. We've we've owned businesses. We've done it in the software sector. We've got that range of skills. And as individuals, we don't have all the answers. As a team, we have a lot of the answers. And if it's outside of that, we've got the network. And I think one of the things that comes back to me time and time again, you know, I'm a great believer in the software entrepreneur. I think they are the heroes. They go yeah, out and, and they, they take the risk. Is It's a tough job. Growing a software tech business, yeah. it's really tough. And we all... You need to know everything. Eh? You need to know everything from product to sales to, to administration, let's call it like that, to legal. It's crazy. I, well, I think, I think definitely the pressure is on to make you feel like you've got to know everything. And I, th- I don't think that's possible. And, and I think what... What further makes that even more difficult is the pace of change now. I think yeah. looking back when I first entered the software tech sector, we thought things were moving quickly. We thought things were very dynamic. It's not a fraction on where it is now. And, yeah. um, it, and it's going to get faster and faster. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Just the, way, just the way how to develop. I mean, one of the answers I, I give into that is the famous sales sprint concept I always push because it's only six weeks. I know in development you have two weeks, but in sales it's a different one. We talked about it last time, but yeah. it's it's an answer to that to the changing environment. Like shorter time frames, much more focus, much faster, and and you can put pressure to your team or to yourself sometimes. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. And and I think in the the other sort of idea is, and it it relates to that point that you're making is there's always a risk in in any initiative that you start. There's a risk in not starting it. There's, there's a risk in not doing anything. But if you know that you've got an area within your business that needs improvement, there is always a risk because it can potentially be very disruptive. It can take time. It can take money. Uh, and if you get it wrong, you know you can feel as though you're going backwards. But I think the first concept in that respect is, like we were saying, move quickly. If you're going to fail, fail fast. Yeah, I agree. But you know what they say, it's paralysis of choice. I think, especially younger uh, companies, there are so many things you could do and then there is so much information and you, after a while, they don't know what to choose anymore. And then they just jump in a hole and, and that's one of the things that I have to advise a lot of these companies. Say, okay, you need to move quickly, but hang on, you've been trying everything. 
let's let's zoom in and let's see what 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 did work and let's continue that pace instead of just changing one after the other yes yes you're absolutely right the paralysis by analysis is i think i think also the other thing that was really brought home to me uh just yesterday is the people that we're dealing with typically they're intelligent well-educated people they've they've often have um you know a good education behind them and i think that the traditional education talks about doing this analysis and, and you know sort of research and and having the methodology behind it and i don't know about you but i don't i don't know if my formal education helped me for the world of business absolutely um, not you know I mean, we I'm, I'm painful to say maybe it's belgium but i almost use nothing nothing of economy nothing of i mean mathematics i mean it's just it's just ridiculous they should have i remember a sales training actually when one time a guy said michael you have a you have a, a, a how do you say a communicator a receiver and i was I'm, i mean thinking about that you should actually say that like the movie sell this pen i think that would have been the best the best class in years it would have been fun and you would have actually learned something but it, it's it's yeah i agree well we're get, getting students at school to actually get an understanding about sales yeah that's, yeah, that's interesting because you need idea. to sell in every layer i know yes. i'm a sales guy but but it's selling from beginning <clears> to end what does the ceo do it's selling internally externally to his family because he's never home i mean it's it's you always need this layer of sales for whatever you do at the at the end of the day and i think as you as you go through the education system and even a management when they go back to school or, or they take courses if perhaps they do an mba in management i think the methodologies that they're being taught by the time they get them on, into paper put them into a course they're out of date especially for our industry it, you know it moves so incredibly quickly i mean it's changed it's changed my thinking when i'm really looking at this now um there's a company Expenia, E-X-P-O-N-E-A. Go and have a look at them. Um, Expenia.com. Um, they are in the area of um, marketing, marketing automation. And that's a company that I think that they started in 2015. They're now, to, yeah, they're, they are now the fastest growing SaaS company in Europe. 2015. And, and what's, and what's the valuation of them? Valuation, they're <laughs> they're, they're talking they're talking in in billion. Jesus, it's, two it's, years time, All right, three years almost. Yeah, oh. I, I, that's that's hard to. What other industry can you talk about? And whether 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 that's a reality or not, we're still talking about a company with massive growth, mm-hmm. a massive increase in revenues. What other industry has a business that moves that quickly? And how do you ma- well, how do you manage it? Or you need an enormous, or you need an enormous amount of cash behind you to to scale very quickly, infrastructure wise. So uh, you need the, you need the you need the cash. But I, I think for the people going through that change, um, I don't know if if the things that you have to learn and the speed and, and rate of that can always be helped by cash. I've seen I've seen some companies where they've had you know, substantial investment behind them. You'd have heard of it as well. And they just get through and burn up all the money. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, sometimes, yeah, because it's like, 
I see that a lot. It's it's like um, a, a course without a sh without a captain. It's like a ship without a captain. It's either dead or sometimes it's just they don't know what they're just trying and they they don't realize they make a plan. That's something I always keep seeing. I see so many business plans with the hockey stick. I yes. mean, it's yes. so rare. I have a company that actually does the hockey stick. I mean, the yes. one you just mentioned clearly has one, mm. but most companies don't have it. It's like uh, it's like a very steady, and suddenly it does speak out when they really found the market fit. But it can take between two to ten years before you really, really get the market fit right. Yeah, the exception doesn't prove the rule, and I think no, I agree. that the, the I reality agree. is, uh, you know, we've both spoken to lots and lots of of software executives, software owners is most of them are struggling all the time. They may be growing quickly, slowly, some have dips, but it's always tough. There, there are very rare occasions when you, when you get these unicorns that really take off. And even then, I'm sure they're struggling. It, it's, a, it's a tough business. I, I actually been to one of those um, this week a few times. And it's a company that's specialized in, they call it deep tech, so they're in the IoT, Internet of Things space, okay. where, for instance, their statement is, uh, if you have a banking app, you're a bank, you have a banking app, and they say, well, it's how much do you know about your customer? Because at the end of the day, Google and Facebook knows 10 times more about your customer than you as a bank, yes. while you have their money. So they actually have a technology, it's like an SDK, you put it into the into the application and then you will, I mean, you could be Facebook, Google because you will learn behavior patterns and all of that. So let's now go into the legal side and, and GDPR laws around, is that possible, is that, are you allowed to do it? Um, but, but this company exists since two years, they've been growing very, very rapidly, they have a very high valuation. And still yet, they struggle with one thing, and I, I see it very clearly, is that when they go to very large customers, because who needs this type of technology? You need to think of oil companies, you need to think of car companies, everybody right. that has apps. Yes. They keep saying, Michael, it's hard to close deals. And I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm saying, guys, one, they're very large companies with extremely a lot of hierarchy and layers and politics. So it means you just need time to get through. That's, that's number one. And two, they forgot to inject the sense of urgency from the beginning. So, uh, so we were going through deals today, and I said to them, okay, but why do they need to do it now? Why now? Yes. And then you see them looking at me, and they go like, yeah, we might have forgotten, forgotten something. And I said, yeah, if, and if we don't know, Michael, I said, that, that doesn't matter. Then you not invent, but you, 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 you drop several scenarios. And the dream scenario for me is always to, to talk about there are like three main aspects you can you can play with. One is fear, fear of missing out. If somebody yes. else is faster than you, always works. Two is vanity. You want to win. You want to be the best of, of yeah, for career, whatever. And then the third one is something I call guilt. Is You give them something and, and then you don't want something back. You keep doing that for a while and after a while they keep thinking of you and they, 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 they become in-depth and they want to do something back. But... This, coming back to your argument, this is a process that's going to take between nine months and, and 15 months. So if you draw me a hockey stick, I'm going to tell you, forget it, because you either need a massive pipeline with many opportunities so you can actually achieve that, or it's going to go sequential, because you can't deal with all of that in parallel. But is, is, that, is that slow growth, is that acceptable, and is that inevitable, or, or are there things that they can do, perhaps short-term, 
to help because they're always wanting to hit those quarterly targets yeah. or their monthly targets. So you've got, the, you've got you've got some tensions there. We want to have the long term growth. We want to do the right things for yeah. the future. But hang on a minute, I'm going to be under pressure for the next quarter. Is there a way yeah. of of balancing that? So it's uh, so one you need enough volume in the pipeline. That's that's number one, and you yeah. need the people to support it. So that's something you need to fix. And then number two is one of the things I see is that especially in corporates, large corporates will will have a list of things they want you to do and it needs to fit in whatever they do. So I always try to say, guys, you are the expert. You can say we've done this 50 times before. This is what's going to happen. So we advise you to do something else. It's a bit the provocative selling style where you say, look, and, and you make it as simple as possible. So you do two things. One, if proof of concept, that kind of things arise, make it as simple as possible and really tell them, no, 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 let's go there. We're only going to do this and keep it as short as possible so you don't have uh, you don't have delays. And second one, all the material you make, you need to make it for the big boss, the guy who has yes. millions, the guy who approves. And I think there there's still a lot of work to be done. Absolutely. Stop sending 60 slides, but just send two slides and really, really highly target the exact case. And, and, and if you work on those two fronts, you can actually dramatically speed up deals. And I'm, I'm talking about shortening by three months, six months even, if you do the right play. Absolutely. I think you've hit the nail on the head. Probably one of the the main themes, if you like, that was on my mind this week in working with different companies, talking to companies, trying to assess where they are, is, is yep. that issue about making sure that your proposition is, is, a, is appealing in the right way to the right people. And there are different personalities, different roles that you need to yep. appeal to. But, but you know why it goes wrong? You know why it goes wrong? Well, because most of the time they don't exactly know what the problem is they're solving. Yes. And, and that is exactly yeah. where things go wrong. So, because if you don't know that exact problem, how on earth can you make compelling reasons and value props and all of that? So my goal is always figure out exactly in detail what's the problem there. And do you know why that is? That they don't know enough about the problem because they spend most of their time thinking about their product. They don't yep. spend their time exactly. with their mind yep. focused on, on the problem and the solution. And that yeah. that is an issue. Yeah. It's the inside out. And you know how I solve that, by the way? Because this is something that always gets back to me at a certain stage. I always say, your sales guys, stop selling. You know what we're going to do? We're just going to sit in, in, front, uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a room and we're just going to dial up some of these customers. And we're going to say we're, we're doing research. And we're going to ask questions as a researcher, not selling, not pushing anything. And you'll see it, it gives you a dramatic different input because you're not shoving product down their throat. No. I, yeah. I, I do. I mean, it's, it's always easier when you're looking at another business. And, and, I, and I know, I know looking at my own business, there are aspects of it that afterwards when I've solved it, I've thought, wow, that's not that difficult, was it? You know, I'm just too close to it. And I think it can seem... <laughs> It can seem a bit patronizing or a bit arrogant sometimes when you go in, but but I've done this so many times. It's the same for you. You can see the problem, but actually pointing out that problem is not always the issue. It won't necessarily get you to get you in the position where you can help your client because it's about their mindset. And I was talking, I was talking to some guys that I what I was trying to say to them was that when they pitched to me their business immediately they were down at level four talking techie 
And yeah. I'm first of all, I'm not that technical. I understand the basics. And the reason that they do it is because at the moment where they're getting their sales is from the techies within organizations that have done their research. They understand who the competitors are in that area. They understand the problem to to a technical extent and they're coming and they're having technical conversations with those salespeople. But actually what's happening is it's it's sort of self-fulfilling because their website does not appeal to the people at the, the, sure. the top level in a way that's understandable. And and they, they, they get buried in product and they don't articulate the problem. I agree. And then immediately add social proof. So the trust factor is solved straight away. Yeah. And, and it's not sufficient for us. And yeah. this is where I come back to cookie cutter consultancy and I hate it and I see so much of it. And actually there's so much that happens out there I find that we get tainted by what others do and that and, and yeah. people have experienced it and they're thinking, well, I don't want that to happen again, is, is that no. we've, got to, we got to, we've got to understand our job is not about pointing out the problem. It's, 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 it's the beginning, but our, our real skill is educating them, helping those software owners understand it. And these are bright people, but then helping them implement it, helping them make the change because it's all yeah. about implementation. Who cares so, that you know your website's yeah. really poor if, if you can't change it and you can't do it quickly? I actually would add one layer. So education, I, 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 and, and sometimes I, I call it uh, giving perspective, how others have done it. Yes. While some of them can get bogged down into, yeah, but it's so much work and so much deal and said, yeah, but you can outsource or you can do it like this or it, it, it looks like massive, but it's actually not that massive. The other thing I would want to add to that is something I call inspiration. Just, I, I mean, I do a lot. I give a lot of energy just saying, guys, yes. you can do it. Come on. This is yes. how you do it. These are the steps. This is what we're going to do. And, and so that you're not alone in this process because, I mean, they all go through the same things. Everybody. I, I mean, we as a business, we also go through the same things. And yeah. you, you will have down moments and you will have up moments, but it's consistency. Like keep that wheel turning even if nobody's reacting, you will get somewhere. That's a good point. It's, it, it, thinking about it and what you just said, it, it's, a, it's about giving moral support and, yeah, and, and, and also absolutely. giving them the belief that it can be done. And I think, again, just this week, <laughs> this is what this is about, this week, I had you know, several senior executives in the room and they'd had this issue that they were tackling and they, I could see there's some frustration and, and we're looking at, at the, our given time and I said, we can do this, guys. Before we leave this room, we will have this done. And I, yeah. I, you know, I believed it and, and they could see that belief in me and actually we started to move forward and we did it. But it's, yeah. it's tough because you get bogged down and frustrated. It's, it's, it's hard. Actually, when I do these workshops, I, I I never consider myself as a consultant. It's funny, huh? because no, it just I goes into what you're saying. I I really consider myself like more like a coach, like in sports. I'm really yes. saying, guys, we need to get there, and I'm going to get you ready to do it. And they also look at me like, you, you need to help me. And I'm like, I'm there. I'm going to hold your hand. We're going to do this together. Let's run. I always wince yeah, if so, somebody calls yeah. me a consultant. I mean, I know it's, yeah. perhaps I shouldn't, but I do, because I've got I have that perception of what a consultant is they come into your, your company they ask you a lot of questions 
You know, they borrow your watch and tell you the time. Uh, yeah, exactly. they want to do. do <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah, it, yeah. I hate it. So it's uh, that's really interesting. Yeah, I, I think we're very much aligned on that, and I, I like that concept of, of of giving moral support and putting energy in and making them believe that it can be done, and it's just mm-hmm. as valuable, even more valuable than just pointing the finger as to where the problem is. They probably yeah. know where that problem is. Let's not keep rubbing salt in the wound. Sure. Let's just help sure. them get the solution. Okay. And. By the way, it's the same concept. It's, I always say people buy from people, but people also follow the one who believes. Yeah, so it's, true. It's, it's As a leader in business, you need to be the one that people want to put their trust in. And if you, you have to start believing yourself, and then you can actually share that belief to the others. To yeah. go on a metaf- meta- metaphysical layer uh, on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> We're getting to a bit of philosophy as well. We had a bit of psychology. Wow. That's probably enough for a Friday afternoon, isn't it? I think because next to owning a business and running a business, I'm also a dad and I have to pick up my son here at school. So I think we'll have to call it a day. That's the work-life balance. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And he's going to sit in the the car and he's going to play with the iPad and he's going to look at me and I'm going to try to do some business calls and he's going to look at me and say, what the hell are you doing? And then I need to shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> He's very <Perspective>. wise. <laughs> well, it's good speaking to you, Michael. Enjoyed the call. Let's keep Thank doing you. this. And, Thank um, you. Catch you next week. Catch you next week. Thanks, Mark. Bye.